All right, turn in your Bibles tonight with me to the book of Genesis and chapter number 5. And while you're turning there, just want to remind you about the uh, men's work day on June the 13th and also the uh, graduation fellowship at the Clark's home uh, next Saturday afternoon. Let them know if you can make that. All right, please turn with me if you would now. Let's study the Word of God together. I'm looking forward to this study tonight. The book of Genesis and chapter number 5. Genesis chapter number 5. Man, what a wonderful and powerful book this Bible is. And we find here in the book of Genesis the seedbed of all truth about life, death, sin, salvation, choices, consequences, faith, unbelief, and just all kinds of stuff. In Genesis 5, you'll also find the first obituary here, listed of mankind in a consistent way. And you'll find the phrase, and he died, and he died, and he died. There's almost 2,000 years of history recorded from Adam to Abraham here in these few chapters in the first part of Genesis. And so we want to look at chapter 5 because, man, it's got a lot of good stuff in it. I love studying the book of Genesis So let's read a few verses and then let's study it together. This is the book of the generation of Adam. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God, made he him. Male and female created he them and blessed them. And I keep in mind, buddy, Adam and Eve were blessed. Uh, You're talking about living in a paradise. Man, they lived in a paradise. God blessed them and called their name Adam. Isn't that an interesting statement? Called their name Adam. Maybe he said Mr. Adam. Maybe he said Mrs. Adam. I don't know, but he called their name Adam. It was Adam who called her Eve. It says, and Adam lived, and of course, and it says in the day they were created, and it says, and Adam lived 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness after his image, and he called his name Seth. I'm going to be honest with you, I've meditated on that many, many, many minutes and maybe hours. Don't know the full explanation of that, of Adam being made in the likeness of God, and then it mentions here that, and there is a distinction made here, okay, that Seth was made in his own likeness, in his image. Uh, did this mean in that fallen state? I don't really, really know, to be honest with you. Maybe you have some light for me after the services. I'm certainly welcome to it. But there is a distinction here between uh, Adam and Seth. And the Scripture says, in the, in the days of Adam, after he had begotten Seth, were 800 years. And he begat sons and daughters. And all the days that Adam lived were 930 years. Then we have recorded the first natural death because of the curse of sin. Now, he's not the first death. Remember, he had a son that was killed by a son. And the home was divided and broken. We're talking about a home that started in paradise. And the scripture here says, And then he began, God gave him another boy, and they begat sons and daughters. And all the days that Adam lived were 930 years and he died. And by the way, Adam 
was not the oldest man recorded here in this uh, uh, list of obituaries. Methuselah outlived uh, Adam. But here's something you've got to consider. How old did Adam look when God created him? Hmm? I wonder how old he looked. You know, when God created the heavens and the earth. When God made the, the first tree. When God made the first rock. When God made the first ocean. When God made the first piece of land. How old in appearance did it have when he spoke it into existence? That we really don't know. I mean, did, uh, did that first tree look like it had been there for 150 years or 1,000 years? I don't know. Sometimes that is where some of the believing scientists and the doubting scientists, they question the, the age of the earth. All I know is, is when God probably made the first chicken, it wasn't in an egg that it was a chicken. Amen? And so how old that chicken looked, I don't know. But I do know that God created, the first things He created already had the appearance of age. Amen. And so, I mean, Adam wasn't an infant when God created him. He was a man. And so, here we have, in the Word of God, we have that uh, he died. And that's the first uh, time we have the natural death of man. And boy, it's been going on ever since. And now, since that time, every city that is lived in by mankind has a couple of things. They have a graveyard and they have a jailhouse. Amen. More jailhouses than colleges. Amen. That ought to say something to you about the curse of man, the depravity of man. But the Scripture says here, in all the days that Adam lived were 930 years and he died. Okay? And he goes on and mentions then the descendants of Seth and their sons and their daughters. And I want to take the time to read all of these obituaries here. But each one of them ends with a statement, and he died, and he died, except for one. Except for one. And the Scripture says in verse number 24, And Enoch walked with God, and he was not for God him. Now, we'll talk about him a little bit later because he's really, in my opinion, the hero in this chapter here besides Noah. But you find over in the book of Hebrews three times the word translate, translated, and translation is used about what happened to Enoch. And Enoch was walking with God and one day Someone said he was closer to God's home than he was his home, so he just headed on to the house with the Lord. All I know is is that he was and then he was not. He was changed from one place to the other. Now, honestly, sincerely, without trying to stretch the Scriptures, which I try not to do that anyway, I think that's dangerous. I think it's sinful. I think he is an absolute, beautiful, perfect picture of the rapture of the church before God brings judgment upon the earth. And I think that Noah is a beautiful picture of Israel being preserved through the judgment of God uh, during the flood and coming out and to, to inherit a new heaven and a new earth. Honestly, I believe this beautiful picture is there. But let's study this passage of Scripture together. Let's pray first of all. Father, thank you for the good word of God. Help us tonight. Bless us as we feed upon your word. And thank you for giving the record of the past that we might understand where we came from and, Lord, where we're going. 
And so we appreciate the truth. We really do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, some interesting facts here for you to consider in this particular chapter. Now, in Adam's 930 years of living here, it is, it is calculated easily could have been, at least by the time he died, a million people on the face of the earth. Because there was not, what you might say at that time, a lot of premature death. People were not dying at 70 and 90 and 100. I mean, if you died, you know, 500 years of age, you kind of died as a young man. How about that? Now, you got to take that into consideration and put it in perspective. Do you know how old the United States is? 244 years this July. 244 years. And these folks outlived the United States, the existence of the country that you live in, of all the glorious history and all the inventions that we have had over the past couple of hundred years. These men outlived that stage by three or four times. That's, I, can't, I can't fathom that, living that long. But yet it was a different world, different atmosphere, uh, different diet, and things of that nature. Uh, they were not what you might say carnivorous in those days. It was afterwards that the Lord allowed man to eat meat, but not before. They were vegetarians, just like the animals were there on the, during that time. But let's consider this. The length of days of these men and the light that they were able to shed is absolutely phenomenal. What I mean by that was is that you'll find down here about Lamech. Look in verse 28. It says, And Lamech lived 182 years and begat a son, and he called his name Noah. All right? And you have to consider something here now because Lamech was 56 years old when Adam died. He was 56 when Adam passed away. So far, let's say 40 of those years, he had the opportunity to converse with his great, 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 grandpa about, okay, again, consider the fact that there was the garden, there was the sword, there was the cherubs, they were not allowed in, and the conversation, no doubt, Adam and Lamech had had those conversations. And don't you think if Lamech had that conversation with great-great-grandpa that he had it with his own son? That he discussed this with Noah? And that Noah here has just one man in connection that knows everything that Adam knew as far as information being passed on. So you've got to understand that how close this was. This would be as if I had Brother, Brother Roy Clark over here and I had Brother Lewis right here. And I had Sam over here. Well, man, they're going to be passing on stuff down from one generation to the next generation of the things that they have experienced and heard and had seen. Can you imagine that Adam was passing, no doubt. Adam, I don't know how Adam approached this with all of his sons and grandsons. and They all heard the story. They all knew why they were in this condition. And really, I don't know about that. But then again... He had to tell them about the story of, a, of, a, of another uncle that they never saw, or brother they never saw, uh, by the name of Cain, and him going off and building a city of his own. So there's a lot of interesting scenarios here. And you'll see something else here in this passage here, that six of the previous names that are mentioned before Noah were alive, you know, during uh, this uh, 
with Noah during the time. Uh, in other words, Adam had a chance not only, I'm sorry, Noah had a chance not only to talk to Lamech, but as you read through these other names, there were six other guys that lived during the time of Noah that he could gather information from of those days. So when Noah got on that boat, and those three boys got on that boat, there was a tremendous amount of knowledge that went on that boat with those four men. Why do you think they were so quickly able to build a large tower called Babylon or Babel? They had the knowledge and the skill to be able to do that. How did they get that? It came over on the boat. Everything that we have today came over on the boat. I'm talking about the Mayflower. I'm talking about the ark. Everything that we have today as far as what we do know came over on those with those three guys and with their dad and their wives, of course. And so here in Genesis chapter 5, you have Noah was alive. Did you know this, that Noah was alive when Abraham was born? Did you know that Abraham was alive when Abraham, and Abraham's a key of the book of Genesis. I mean, he everything hinges on Abraham in the book of Genesis and the nation of Israel and God's promises and God's covenant, all these things. So Abraham, when Noah got off the boat, before Noah passed away, Abraham was alive. And Abraham was not only just a kid, but he was a 58-year-old man when Noah died. So you've got Abraham, which again, again, we're talking about the span of nearly 2,000 years. You've got Adam, you've got Lamech, you've got Noah, and you've got Abraham. And all these guys were able to communicate and converse with each other. I find that to be very interesting. And beyond that, I find Shem, Noah's son, the guy that lived on the other side of the flood, the guy that helped build the ark, actually outlived Abraham by 35 years. That's an interesting fact. So Abraham had great access to what took place on the other side of the flood. The information that was given about God, what God expects out of man. So Abraham had some information and some light, is what I'm trying to tell you. So you had Noah, who was alive when Abraham was born. And you had Shem, Noah's son, who outlived Abraham. Can you imagine that? Outlived him by 35 years. A pre-flood witness. Outlived him by 35 years. Methuselah. Everybody know who Methuselah is? Everybody seems to know that guy. Why? The oldest man that has ever walked the face of the earth and lived that long. All right? Let's look at his name for just a moment. Let's talk about him for just a second. And the Bible says, and by the way, Verse 18, it says, let's talk about Jared for just a minute. Jared's in the Bible. Just wanted to mention that. Amen. Jared lived 162 years and he begat Enoch. How about that? That's, that's a pretty good son right there. Amen. Obviously, dad passed on some great truth uh, to his son. And Jared lived after he begat Enoch 800 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Jared were 962 years, and he died. 
Enoch lived 60 and 5 years and begat Methuselah. So he's having a son at a, at a pretty young age, at 65. Interesting thing about this is, about Methuselah, being born, whatever happened when that boy was born, it did something to Enoch. The Bible says that Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. We know that Methuselah was the oldest man that ever lived, 969 years. But there's something about Methuselah that's important to us because uh, Methuselah was 243 years old when Adam died. Again, you got, you got all these guys connected, okay? And they're all able to converse. I mean, what else are you going to do, man? They weren't, <laughs> they weren't sitting around watching television. I mean, they're sitting around a campfire and guys sit around campfires. What do they do, man? They talk and they tell stories and they tell historical facts. That's one of the things that we enjoy about the father son camp out. I mean, I know sometimes we hear some stuff that, that uh, is funny and humorous and, but, but then there's some serious times of where we pass on information. And we talk about things that have happened to us that are real and true. And here are these guys, they are all connected. And Enoch lived 365 years. And while Enoch was walking with God, Adam was alive 318 years of his life while he was walking. It doesn't say Adam walked with God, it says Enoch walked with God. How about that? He's the only guy in here except for Noah down here that uh, seemed to uh, be interested in what we would say is walking with God. Now, I do believe this is, a, this line here is a godly seed as far as having some faith. I do believe that. I believe the other side is in the previous chapter, that worldly side, that world worldly side of, of, um, of um, Cain's family. But you'll find here in chapter number 5 some very interesting things about how these guys were all connected. Okay. Let's read on about Enoch for just a moment. Verse number 21. Enoch lived 60 and 5 years and begat Methuselah. It is said by many commentators, many authors. I was even um, heard J. Vernon McGee say this, and it's also in one of his books. And they all agree that Methuselah, the word, the name means that when he is dead, it shall be sent. God gave Enoch some light. When that child was born, something motivated Enoch to name that child Methuselah. And if you will count the years, I challenge you to do so. Get your calculator out, look at the years, and you'll find that the year that Methuselah died, the flood came upon the earth. And so Enoch had some insight. By the way, I think if you walk with God, God will give you some personal insight and information. You walk with Him, He'll talk to you. Okay? And so the Scripture here says, again, let's talk about Enoch for just a second. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 360 and five years. And Enoch walked with God and he was not. For God took him. Again, the book of Hebrews said, says this about Enoch, that, uh, you know, that by, by faith he walked with God. And he had this testimony. Anybody remember what his testimony was? 
He pleased God. He pleased God. Now, that means you have to stand out a little bit. If you are, if God is saying that about you, obviously you are standing out from the crowd just a little bit. So all this other crowd is not as, you might say, close to walking with God as Enoch is. So the scripture says, we'll talk about him again in just a minute because I think we need to, but it says that Methuselah lived after he begat Lamech 782 years, and he begat sons and daughters, and all the days of Methuselah were 969 years, and he died. And Lamech lived 182 years and begat a son. He called his name Noah. Noah. And it says, by the way, that's, that's an important name. You'll find, I think, over in the book of Ezekiel. God's talking to Ezekiel about him fixing to judge Israel and the land. And he says, even though, Three of these guys walked in this land. I'm still going to judge it. One of them's name was Noah. The other's name was Job. The other guy, Daniel. Those three names are mentioned who that meant something to God. As a matter of fact, about Daniel, the Bible mentions several times that heaven liked Daniel. Heaven liked him. Wouldn't you like for heaven to like you? And the scripture says, and he called his name Noah. Names meant something back in those days. He called his name Noah saying, This same shall comfort us concerning our work and toil of our hands. Now when you hear that statement, that is in reference to the curse that Adam brought upon these men. They couldn't go down to Home Depot and buy a garden tiller. Or a tractor. These guys had to work, and, I'm, and I'm, there's no doubt that I believe they were very intelligent men, and I think that they had the ability to do some things with iron and metal and things of that nature, but it was still hard work. And the Bible says, This same shall comfort us concerning our work and toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord hath cursed. Now again, that gives you light right there, Brother Kenneth, of what these people understood. They understood the curse that had been placed upon mankind. Wouldn't it be a blessing if from the first grade to the twelfth grade in our schools that the teachers would emphasize that man and the earth have been cursed by God and that Jesus Christ bore our curse upon Himself that we might inherit a new heaven and a new earth with Him. Wouldn't that be awesome? And the Bible says here in verse 30, And Lamech lived after he begat Noah 595 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Lamech were 777 years. That's an interesting number. 777. And he died. And Noah was 500 years old. And Noah begat Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now, the question is, are these boys triplets? It's possible. Because normally it'll say, he begat so-and-so, and then it'll say, he begat so-and-so, and then say, he begat so-and-so. But it just says he had three boys. I mean, just, so did she have triplets? I don't know. Don't really care, you know, about it. I'm just saying it, it's, it's an interesting thought. But you'll find, wouldn't it be interesting if the Lord came to you while you were 500 years old and said, I got a job for you. And I want you to build a ship. 
I want you to build a, a, a huge ship. Now, several of you have already gone to see the replica of the ark. How many of y'all gone to see that? Is it worth going to see? Man, I would love to. I'd love to go see that. Sydney, I would love to go see that sometime. Maybe one next time I'm up there preaching for Brother Travis Alltop. He's not that far from it. I'll have a chance maybe to go see that. But it's possible to build, isn't it? But man, I wonder how long it took and the machinery it took for man today to build that ship that you went to see. I don't know. But I do know this, that at 500 years of age, that'd be quite a challenge. Amen? Now let's look at some things about some light that was passed on. Now listen, this ver- this chapter reveals, chapter 4 and chapter 5, basically reveals two lines of children. The generation of Cain and his descendants, a bloodless religion. And then the generation of Seth and his descendants, the way of faith, the way of the Lord, and of course the blood-bought way. The light this generation possessed is absolutely phenomenal. The beautiful creation, the testimony of Adam and Eve that no doubt was passed on from each one of them from generation to generation. The way into the garden where the sword was still there and the cherubims were witness of the curse and then the land itself being cursed. The instructions of worship. A place to go and bring an offering. A sacrifice was made clear and plain. The kind of offering that was accepted by God was made clear and plain. People learned about that because of what happened to Cain. And then even Cain himself. The cost of disobeying God. The cost of taking another man's life. The scripture also says that during that time that men began to call on the name of the Lord. So there was what you might say a God consciousness among men during that time. Again, as I mentioned last week, please get out of your mind and please, I don't care what they tell you, but I do care what they tell you. But man did not come out of a cave dragging his knuckles. These are intelligent men. Oh man, no doubt the capacity of their brain level far exceeds ours. The scripture says here that they had the preaching and the witness of Enoch and Noah before God sent great judgment upon the flood. Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to read some verses in Genesis 6 next week that are going to break your heart. Some of the saddest verses in the whole Bible where God looked upon this world and said, It grieves me. It grieves me that I have made man. I mean, that that is sad. What man did with all the light that he possessed. And the scripture here talks about Noah being a preacher of righteousness and his witness and his work of faith to build this tremendous ship. The Bible says, by faith Noah being warned of God of things not seen. What does that mean? What was God warning him of, of something that had not yet been seen? What was the judgment that came upon the earth? It was the flood. It was the rain. As far as we know, it was not that way. There was not like the thunderclouds that would come up and rain upon the earth because the Bible says the Lord would cause a mist to come up from the earth and water the plants. They say it was like a canopy there type of atmosphere in that day. And things were very, the vegetation was tremendously more than what we have today. But you'll find here that that um, 
God is telling Noah that I want you to build an ark and judgment is coming. Enoch said that when my son, basically when I named him this, when he comes it shall be set. And Noah began to build the ark under God's command. We'll talk about that a little bit next week. But he had to do this by faith because he was warned of something that had not yet been possible, had not yet occurred. And so he was saying something to people who no doubt mocked him. Enoch said they mocked his prophecy back in the day. And they mocked the fact that it was going to rain and rain and rain and rain and rain. And God was going to bring a flood upon the earth. They did not believe that that was going to occur. The Bible says by faith, we'll talk about that later, He prepared an ark to save His house. And doing so, He condemned the world. Because He had light enough. And if He had enough light, and God was shedding that light, he had enough light to see it. He had enough light to respond to it. Then everybody else had the same opportunity. And when he said yes, and they said no, he stood as a witness against them. They had the opportunity to say yes. And in doing so, condemned them. So, let's talk about Enoch and then we'll go to the house. Okay, let's talk about Enoch just a minute. He walked with God. Now, you got your Bible open right there. Would you turn over with me to Hebrews? I just want to read it to you, and then we're going to look at this passage and talk about him for just a moment. In Hebrews chapter number 11. And if you don't believe in Noah's flood, I don't know what to tell you. Then you're not a Bible believer. We'll talk again. I, I can't, I'm trying to stay off of Noah's flood. We'll save that for next week. But I'm telling you, man, you think that Grand Canyon, how do you think it got there, buddy? I'm talking about the curse of God. We're talking about the judgment of God. All right, and uh, Hebrews 11, look at this. Again, it's talking about a few men, and it starts in verse number 4 with Abel. Remember Abel, the son of Adam? He offered up the right kind of sacrifice. Cain did not. Verse 5, the next one is Enoch. That's hundreds of years later. Hundreds of years later, before the next name shows up. Half a century. Excuse me. Half a millennium. Not half a century. Half a millennium. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not what? So he didn't just go off somewhere, wander off and die somewhere under a tree and nobody could find him, right? The Bible says that he should not see death. And I think that's the possibility of what may happen for some of us at the rapture. Well, how, how, can I, how can I walk in a way to please the Lord? Well, number one, you believe the record that God has left of His Son, Jesus Christ. You repent toward God and put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and, and, and you count on His righteousness and not your own. The Scripture says here, By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found. Because God had translated him. That is a fantastic passage of Scripture. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. And he made it very clear in verse number 6 that you can't please God without faith. You can't please God without faith. 
He says, you, if you come to God, you must believe that He is. You know what that means about Enoch? He acknowledged God. He acknowledged God. And he says, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. He also wanted God in his life. There are men who believe that there is a God, but they don't want Him in, his, in their life. The Scripture says the devils believe also, and they tremble. But he was a man who said, you know what? I believe, and I want God in my life, and I want to walk with Him, and I want to fellowship with Him. Maybe he heard the story about Adam and how he used to walk with God in the cool of the day. And it interested him. And he said, man, that must have been awesome. The Scripture here says that for you and I to walk with God, there's some things that we have to do. Number one, you have to accept Him as your God and no other gods in your life. It's sort of like marriage. You give yourself to your mate and you agree with each other that there'll be no other in your life. You acknowledge Him, you accept Him by faith. And then to walk with Him, you must agree with Him. Right? How can two walk together except they be in agreement? So that means that Enoch had to, all the stuff he had heard from different ideas and philosophies, no doubt that abounded in that day, he said, you know what? I'm going to agree with God and I accept what He says and I want to fellowship with Him. By the way, if you want to walk with Him, you got to quit listening to all the other voices. you got to listen to God. You want to lose a piece of God? Start listening to too many voices. Stop. Start listening to too many people. And by the way, he heard a lot of stuff in his day. Now, you, you're, you're in the book of Hebrews still probably. I want you to turn over with me and I'll show you something about Enoch. Look in the book of Jude. Now, Jude is right before the book of Revelation. Look what it says here about Enoch. Can you imagine God would put him in the book of Genesis and then God would put him in the book of uh, Ezekiel? No, excuse me. In, in the book of uh, Hebrews. And then God would put him here at the end of the book in the book of Jude. Some people believe he's one of the two witnesses that will be in the book of Revelation. I don't know that. and You don't know that. And uh, hopefully I won't be here to watch that. I think I'd like to watch it from the upper section. I'm talking about way up here in the upper section, like in the third heaven. Okay, the book of Jude says in verse number 14, and Jude, by the way, is lamb-blasting, buddy, the reprobate, apostate, false teachers. And uh, he is uh, really, really railing. I'm not railing at them, but I mean he is ripping them here in the book of Jude. And he says over here in verse number 14, he says, And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these. So Enoch was a prophet, not just a preacher, but a prophet. Saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints. Did the Lord let him in on something here? Did he have some insight way back there, way back there? And he says in verse 15, he says, To execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed 
and of all their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. And I'm convinced that Enoch heard some of those. And yet he continued to walk with God. I believe that he was swimming against the current because he wanted to walk with the Lord. No doubt it was a lonely walk, but yet it was a great walk. And the Bible says here, he says, God's going to return. The Lord's going to return and He is going to judge those who have said some of the most ungodly, evil, wicked. You know, you can't hardly, when you see something, if you have social media, and I'm not recommending that, but if you have it, if you have even something like Facebook, if you read some of the comments that people put on something that is said about God, I'm talking about nationwide. I'm not talking about your friends. Then you have to be, sometimes you just have to back away and get away from it because you will begin to hear some of the most vile language that is written about God, about church, about the Bible. And man, I mean, that is coming from a wicked heart of mankind. And he's hearing this stuff. Verse 16 says, these are murmurers, complainers. You think you heard some of that? And he says, and this is what Enoch is saying, God's going to judge these people. With ten thousands of his saints, he's God's coming back and God's going to judge these ungodly sinners. He says he's going to do this. And so I think he agreed with the Lord and uh, he walked against and contrary to the ungodly society in which he lived. Now according to Genesis chapter 6, and y'all keep leading me in chapter 6 and I don't want to go there. But God said, man, the very thought and heart, every imagination of man and the thought of his heart was evil continually. That's how bad it was. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. But yet, Enoch is like a beautiful flower. On the side of a, of, a, of a green mountain, he stands out against everything that's around him. He says, I choose God. You can too. He didn't have a church to go to every week. He didn't have a King James Bible. He didn't have a lot of things that you've got. But buddy, he walked with God and he saw some things and knew some things. And the Scripture says he prophesied of these filthy dreamers and these false teachers saying, Behold, the Lord coming. The Lord coming. So if you're going to walk with Him, you're going to have to accept Him, you're going to have to agree with Him, and you're going to have to abide in the truth. And that's what Enoch did. He, he, he abided in the truth. That's the correct term to use, abide. He abode in the truth. And by the way, if you're going to walk with the Lord, you can't, you can't walk away from the truth and walk with God. You just can't do that. So if somebody is interesting to me and I'm hearing them preach or teach, the first thing I'm going to check if I'm drawn toward them is, is what they're saying, the truth. Because a man can take a little bit of the truth and mix lies with it, and he can be such a dynamic speaker that he draws me toward him. But what I need then to check out is, is, is this fiction or is this factual? Because I need to walk by faith, and if I'm going to walk by faith, I have to walk by the facts. And the facts are the Word of God. And that they don't change. Facts are stubborn things. They are. 
So I hope and pray as we study this chapter together tonight that the Lord will help you to see that it's possible to walk with the Lord in an ungodly society and one day we may be walking together with the Lord and we will not be anymore. And people will not be able to find us. Wouldn't that be awesome? If we were gone, some people are not going to miss us. The bill collectors might miss you. There'll be a few folks that don't miss you. But I'm telling you, the Lord is coming back and I'm looking forward to the trumpet sound and we will meet the Lord, the Bible says, in the air. Amen? For who? For those, according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, that you ought to walk in a way that pleases the Lord. And he talks about how to do that. He said, abstain from fornication. Quit shacking up. Quit living together. Quit living like dogs. And he says, not only that, he says, but also I want you to learn how to mind your own business. Study to be quiet. Mind your own business. Work with your own hands. Pull your own weight. If a man don't work, he oughtn't eat. Talking about he should, if he's not willing to work. Not if he's not able. But he's not willing. So I think Enoch meant all those things. I think he abstained from fornication. I think he was a responsible man. I think he pulled his own weight. I think he minded his own business. I think he walked with the Lord. And I think he, he lived and walked with hope in the promise of God. And the Bible says that we, you should do the same. To please the Lord, when people die around us, we should grieve and we should be sad and we should weep with those that weep. The Bible says we should not, though, however, sorrow as if we have no hope. As if we have no hope. For the Lord Himself shall descend with a shout the voice of a trump, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air with them. He said, comfort yourself, therefore, with, with these words. So the mockers say, wow, that's never happened before. That's never happened before. That's impossible. But I believe if God said it's possible, I believe it's possible. I hope you're ready to meet him in the air. Hope you'll be like Enoch and that you might, uh, one day you'll get to meet him. If you, if you trust the Lord and you know him, you have a chance to sit down and talk with him and say, hey man, I appreciate what you did. Appreciate you leaving us a good testimony that it's possible to walk with the Lord when everything else around you is falling apart. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father in Jesus' name, would you encourage the saints of God tonight through your precious word, giving us hope, Lord, we do trust you, we believe you, and thank you for leaving us a record. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, you're dismissed.